0: This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Hello, Ravens fans. Hope everyone out there is doing well. Welcome to another episode of the Raven Up podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Tolson, breaking down the latest Ravens news and offering my opinion on what's been going on in the Ravens universe. This -hmm. is going to be episode number five of our weekly podcast. And in our episode this week, we break down the Ravens preseason finale versus the Washington football team. Another win, 20th in a row. Uh, we also get into the cut day. Today being Tuesday, I'm recording this Tuesday night after the Ravens officially get their roster down to 53 men. I break down who was cut, who made the roster. No huge surprises, but wanted to get into some latest news. And last, we break down in a new segment, the AFC North. We look at each team, what to expect, and an overall landscape Of the AFC North in 2021. Let's get right into it. To start the episode off this week we have to pick it up with the Ravens preseason finale versus the football team. We left off last week talking about the Ravens and the opportunity to win their 20th straight preseason game and that's exactly what they did. Uh, They dominated the Washington football team to a final score of 37 to 3 Uh, That did come at a price, though. The Ravens did lose J.K. Dobbins to a season-ending knee injury, so I wanted to start there, and obviously that is not very good news. There's a lot of discussion, obviously, in the NFL. How often should you play your your starters, your quarterbacks, your top players, and I can't get too mad at John Harbaugh for having J.K. Dobbins out there. Yes, he's the Ravens' starter, but He hasn't gotten a ton of work in the preseason. He's only a second-year player, so he is young. Giving him a few carries, I'm not mad at, but this is just something that happens, unfortunately, with the opportunity in the preseason, just playing football. It it happens. Injuries happen. So losing J.K. Dobbins, it, it hurts. I fully believe that J.K. was due for a huge year. He's extremely talented. So many players in the Ravens talk about just how hard he worked in the offseason and training camp, and it's clear that he has the respect of his teammates. So obviously he is an extremely hard worker, had a big year again in store in the Ravens offense with their rushing attack, but this isn't going to break the Ravens season. I tweeted this out the other day, but the Ravens, what's it's going to come down to is their perimeter passing game and if they can truly take the next step. So because the Ravens in their scheme, they will be able to run the ball. With Lamar at quarterback, with the offensive line being hopefully really solid, doesn't matter if it's JK, if it's Gus Edwards, Tyson Williams, Justice Hill. We're we'll getting into those guys a bit later in the episode. But because their scheme is so running friendly they will be able to run the ball i tweeted this out again the other day but i think gus edwards as the feature back now he won't be i don't think running the ball 25 times a game but he will definitely have some added carries with jk out i think gus runs for 1100 yards maybe even hits double digit touchdowns so again really bummed about the jk news think he was going to have an amazing year but does open up an opportunity for Gus Edwards, who a lot of people forget Gus looked really good last year. He dropped some weight and picked up some speed and agility and looked really solid. So I'm expecting big things from Gus, but ultimately, like I said, it comes down to the Ravens and their perimeter passing game, and that's what's truly going to determine how far the Ravens go in the playoffs. So while losing J.K. Hurts, to me, it's not the end of the season, but wishing him a speedy recovery for next year But to get back into the recap, I know I got kind of off on a tangent there, but wanted to get that thought out there. Um, To recap the Ravens game from Saturday night, uh, we did see Lamar Jackson out there for one series, and he looked pretty good. He moved the ball down the field. He made a couple of nice throws to Mark Andrews. So nice to see that connection is alive and well. The Lamar to Mark Andrews connection made a really, this second throw to Mark Andrews was about a 20-yard pass in the air and dropped it uh, really right on a dime to Mark Andrews. So it was nice to see those guys get some preseason action. Uh, but as I said, Lamar only played one series. And after that, it was Tyler Huntley for the rest of the game. And Tyler Huntley balled out. He put up five touchdowns, a couple rushing touchdowns, a couple passing touchdowns. And it was really nice to see this performance from Tyler Huntley. It was mainly against the backups of the Washington football team. So before you say, oh, (laughs) you see people out there, oh, Tyler Huntley, he throws the ball better than Lamar. Well, you got to remember, One, that's probably not true, and two, he's doing against the backups. But it did make me feel comfortable uh, if he was called upon, if Lamar were to go down. He had looked a little bit shaky in the earlier preseason games, but how he looked last night, or I'm sorry, Saturday night, gave me some confidence where if he is going to be called upon, um, he can maybe get the job done or keep us afloat until Lamar gets back. So nice to see him perform well. Um, We had talked a lot about the wide receivers as well talking about Devin DuVernay, James Perche, Tylan Wallace, Benjamin Victor, and these guys had an opportunity, and we finally saw a couple of those guys make some plays uh, with the opportunities they were having. So Devin DuVernay got a couple touches early on. He looked explosive in the open field. James Perche made some nice plays, had a great touchdown grab, went up and made made a nice play. Benjamin Victor, same thing with him, had a couple uh, nice runs in the open field. He caught a touchdown pass as well. So it was nice to see a couple of those guys Perform when called upon. Again, they have every opportunity to with so many other injuries, but this was really the first game we saw plays from Duvernay, Prochet, and some of those other guys. And then the offensive line. That was another point we've talked about a lot on this podcast, but it seems like we had the starting offensive line in there. Uh, from left to right, it was Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. Ben Powers looks like he's going to be the starting left guard, at least to start of the season. Wouldn't surprise me if we see Ben Cleveland in there later on, maybe even Tyree Phillips. And then at center, it was Bradley Bozeman, right guard Kevin Zeitler, and right tackle Alejandro Villanueva. It was nice to see those guys get some playing time uh, together. They have been practicing, obviously, but this was their first game action. So any game reps, I think, are just beneficial for them to just – get some uh, synergy in there and get them familiar with playing with each other. So now as we have less than two weeks to go until the regular season home opener or regular season opener versus the Las Vegas Raiders, keep these guys healthy in practice give them more reps, and get them ready to go. But it was nice to see the starting offensive line in there. Again, it was mainly against backups, but they got some good game action in there. And then just on the defensive side of the ball, I don't have too much to say, but, again, they gave up three points and only 173 total yards. So just another dominant performance from the defense. Again, yes, it's preseason. Yes, it's against backups. But the Ravens and their defense this year just look absolutely ready to go. Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, they were out there, made some plays, looked really good, as you would expect them to, versus backups. Um, But nice to see the defense playing. Jake Verity did miss a field goal and have an extra point blocked, and as we get into it later, ended up being cut. The Ravens did not get their draft pick, but I'm sure he will possibly get picked up somewhere, at least on a practice squad. Um, But one last takeaway, just back to the defense, I'm kind of thinking early on, it's going to be the defense that's going to need to carry the Ravens because of the JK Dobbins injury, because of some injuries on the offensive line and players in new positions. It would not surprise me for the Ravens to get off to a bit of a slow start. Now, what is a slow start for the Ravens? I don't know. Maybe they're scoring 20, (laughs) 24 points, 28 points. That might be a little slow for the Ravens, but To me, the Ravens' defense is going to need to come out ready to play in the first few weeks of the season before the Ravens get up to speed with their offensive line, with Rashad Bateman coming back. It just seems like the offense has had so many moving parts with injuries, guys missing time because of COVID, you know, Lamar and Gus early on, and just dealing with all that has seemed to put them a bit behind where the defense is at, so... The defense has looked great in the preseason, but we know a lot of familiar faces are returning on the defensive side of the ball. So this is one takeaway I was thinking about this week, watching them play in the preseason and then with all these injuries is let's keep an eye on the defense and hope that they can get us off to a good start. But thankfully, I think the defense will be up for the challenge. All right, in our next segment, I wanted to get into cut day. So, like I said earlier, I'm recording this on Tuesday night. Today was cut day around the NFL with each team having to get down to 53 men on their roster. No huge surprises, really, with the Ravens. Um, Things pretty much went how most people expected. Uh, One area the Ravens did put a priority on was their youth and their defensive backs. Uh, Chris Rustry, Geno Stone, and Ardarius Washington all made the team. All three of those guys were perceived to be on the bubble. Niger Warrior was a defensive back who was cut, but hopefully he can make the practice squad if no one uh, claims him. But those four guys all were young defensive backs. They have had good preseasons. And to me, this showed a sign of the Ravens front office saying, we need to make sure we have defensive back depth on this team. As we've talked about in the past, the Ravens have been burned by injuries before, and they don't want that to happen again. So with Sean Wade being traded earlier in the week, that left a spot open for these guys. So we see Chris Westry, Geno Stone, our Darius Washington, all making the team again, Nigel warrior being cut. Um, We also saw some veterans uh, that were released. Pernell McPhee, Justin Ellis, Eric Tomlinson, and Anthony Anthony Levine were all actually waived, but it would not shock me whatsoever if Pernell McPhee, Anthony Levine, and then maybe, maybe even both Eric Tomlinson and Justin Ellis, but at least one of them or a combination of those four guys will likely be back in some capacity after some injured players like Rashad Bateman, maybe Nick Boyle, are placed on injured reserve. The Ravens are really good at tweaking their roster and A lot of times they have an agreement with some guys in place where they get released today, but then in the next 24 to 48 hours after they place some guys on injured reserve, they have an agreement to bring these guys back for a contract that was likely similar to the contract they had already signed. So I see definitely Pernell McPhee and maybe a few of those other guys as well. Eric Tomlinson probably depends on the status of Nick Boyle. If he'll be playing week one or not, it seems like he won't be ready for week one. But if the Ravens don't see him being back maybe till later on, week four or five, I could see Eric Tomlinson coming back. But if they feel pretty good about Nick Boyle, it seems like Eric Tomlinson might be the odd man out, especially with Josh Oliver making a team and really solidifying himself as when healthy when the entire tight end group is healthy, the third tight end, but really that mix of a pass catching tight end and a blocking tight end. So saw some veterans waves, but we're we'll just have to see how it plays out in terms of who gets brought back. Um, Ben Bradyson was a guy who was actually traded today. He was on the roster bubble, probably playing for that last offensive line spot. He was traded to the giants for a late round draft pick and the Ravens are just loading up on draft picks and that they now have five fourth round draft picks next year in the draft. We know how much Eric DaCosta loves his draft picks, so I can just picture him smiling, thinking about all those picks next year. And Ben Braderson was actually the third player who the Ravens were likely to cut. They ended up trading. I tweeted this out earlier, I think after maybe the Sean Wade trade or the other offensive line trade, that obviously it's a sign that the Ravens' depth is valued around the NFL. Teams value the Ravens and their players, and they know they have a good roster. So if there's someone that the Ravens are potentially going to cut, they might have value on another team. So that just tells me The rest of the NFL, again, just values the Ravens' overall roster depth. I did see some people with Sean Wade and Ben Braderson, two guys who were drafted uh, within the past year or two, Sean Wade being this year, Ben Braderson last year. Um, That's just the nature of when you have a team that's as talented and as deep as the Ravens are. They've been to the playoffs for the past three seasons, so they don't have tons of roster spots up for grabs. They've also have had fairly large uh, draft classes the past two years. I think it's been 18 players over the last two years uh, that have been added to the Ravens team, so that's just the nature of it. You're not going to have space for each and every guy in the new draft in the mid to late rounds. So yes, in an ideal world you would love for each and every draft pick to work out, but I view this as a positive with Eric DaCosta being able to cut his losses maybe. He knows it's not going to work out, but he still gets a future draft pick. So the Ravens are absolutely loaded in next year's draft, and that'll be interesting to see what comes of it. Potentially with Lamar playing on a new contract, which will be taking up a huge chunk of the Ravens' salary cap, it'll be helpful to have so many picks to fill out the roster. But uh, moving on, Ben Mason, again, a fifth-round pick from this year's draft. Uh, He was cut. He's probably a practice squad candidate. Not many teams value fullbacks like the Ravens do, so I wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if he goes unclaimed and the Ravens bring him back on the practice squad. Uh, Jalen Ferguson was a guy who definitely was on the roster bubble, had an okay preseason, didn't really splash much, but Wink Martindale has been singing his praises, and if the defensive coordinator – is calling your name out giving you some positive encouragement to me that was a good sign of his roster chances throughout the preseason but he's someone again he's pretty low on the depth chart he's got a lot of guys in front of him so if there's no injuries it'll be hard to see him really breaking out and making an impact in his third year in the league but he's someone I'm rooting for and the Ravens could definitely use some defensive and outside linebacker depth as they are a bit older at that position. And then lastly, Justice Hill uh, did make the team. He was definitely on the bubble, and without J.K. Dobbins getting hurt, Justice Hill is probably a guy who maybe would not have made the roster. He's been hurt himself, Justice Hill, but working his way back. But with J.K. going down, it seems like Gus Edwards is going to be the number one. Uh, Tyson Williams will be the number two he's a guy who he was definitely on the roster bubble but with such a good preseason and with Dobbins going down it seems like Tyson Williams will definitely be the number two running back and then Justice Hill if he can get healthy has a role as that pass catching both Gus and Tyson are uh, bigger backs Justice Hill is a smaller back who can offer some receiving capabilities as well. He also is very solid on special teams, so if he's healthy, he will have a role on special teams and as a bit of a change of pace running back. But overall, no really huge roster surprises. We just need to see who's going to go on IR and what veterans are brought back. In our last segment of this week's episode, I wanted to do a bit of a new segment and take a look at the AFC North as a whole. Obviously, I've given you guys tons of news, analysis, and my opinions on the Ravens. This is a Ravens podcast, after all. But in last week's episode, I took a look at the Ravens' schedule and offered my predictions. So you have to go back and listen to hear my analysis on each week and my predictions. But as a whole, I did predict the Ravens to go 12-5. and five. I am overall pretty high on the Ravens and have some high expectations if all things go according to plan and the Ravens can stay healthy, but wanted to offer you guys my thoughts on the rest of the division as a whole and break down each team and see where things are at, just taking stock with where the Ravens are. So first, let's go with the Steelers to start things off. Um, The Steelers last year, they got off to a hot start. They were like 11-0 at the beginning of the season but then it was kind of predictable to be honest they were winning games at the beginning of the year but they just didn't look that great and they got off to or they struggled to end the season still made the playoffs but lost to the Browns in a very entertaining game in the playoffs I think this year the Ravens are probably somewhere in the middle of that really hot start and then that really bad finish I see them around 500 this year their offensive line has a ton of question marks Ben is another year older, and the offense last year was just so pass-happy that I don't think they're a complete enough offense to really do tons of damage this year. Um, Ben, hopefully, (laughs) for the sake of him, will be able to throw the ball not so often as he did last year. They did draft Najee Harris in the first round, so it'll be interesting to see how their offense looks, but their defense should be really good. It's another year of TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick back there, so... I see the Steelers, like I said, maybe like a 9 and 8, 10 and 7, if all things go according to plan for them. Uh, those numbers. I was on a podcast, our first episode with Cody Engel with Roster Up Media. Uh, the 17 games this year throws me off. I'm so used to 10 and 6 or 8 and 8. But overall, like I said, I see the Steelers maybe at 9 and 8 or so this season, and then the Browns uh, coming off their first playoff win in 25 years. That's just this is so crazy to think about not having a playoff win in 25 years. But that's the Browns for you. But the, the Browns have come a long ways. They have a talented roster on paper, probably the most talented roster in the division, I would say. Their offensive line is great. They have an incredible offensive line, paves the way for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in their running game and also keeps Baker Mayfield clean in the pocket. So offensive line, I suspect them, they're going to be up for the task. Their running game is going to be really solid. And then they have a lot of talent at wide receiver from Odell Beckham to Jarvis Landry, um, those guys on paper again, they are just a really solid team. And then big names on the defensive line: Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, getting after the quarterback. But again, the Browns—I mean, they're the Browns. They're, we're so used to them losing. They—it takes a lot for a team to shake that losing culture. And while I think Kevin Stefanski is a good coach and the Browns did shake part of that losing culture out last year. They're still the Browns, and I just think the Ravens match up well against them. I think the Ravens' defense can slow down the Browns on offense. I think we just match up pretty well, and I think the Ravens, when all things are clicking offensively, will be able to put up enough points to to handle the Browns. So, yes, the Browns, on paper, they do have a really solid roster, and they're a good team. I just think the Ravens match up well against them, and to me, the Browns are still the Browns. And then with the Bengals, Definitely the weakest team in the division. Joe Burrow did show he can play last year. Uh, He's going to have to show that he can do it again this year, though, especially coming off of an ACL injury. That offensive line is really bad. They, They did take Jamar Chase. They have some weapons at wide receiver. But with taking Jamar Chase at number five, they chose to take him instead of some offensive line help to help out Joe Burrow. So to me, it's, yes, it's great to have weapons, but if your offensive line is terrible, you're not even going to be able to have time to throw to those weapons So will the offensive line give Joe Burrow time to throw? Will Joe Burrow have confidence behind a shaky offensive line that had his ACL torn last year pretty much? To me, the Bengals are still a few years away from contention, but again, with with Joe Burrow, with Joe Mixon back there at running back, and then Jamar Chase, T. Higgins had a really good year last year, and Tyler Boyd at wide receiver gives them three really solid options. So if things all go well for them, Maybe six, seven wins, but to me, they're still a few years away. So overall, I put these down on paper. I'm saying the Ravens go twelve and five this year and take the division back from the Steelers. I have the Browns going. We're call it eleven and six. Maybe just one game behind the Ravens. The Steelers we're call at nine and eight, around five hundred, probably in Ben's last year. And then the Bengals coming in last at six and eleven. So let's go to do it for this week's episode. Bit of a shorter episode this week, but I don't want to talk just to talk. I want to keep it brief so you guys can get these episodes in, listen to them on your way to work, while you're walking the dog, while you're drinking your coffee in the morning, whatever it is. Be sure to follow us at Raven Up Pod on Twitter. Pretty interactive over there, as I've said. Love tweeting out my latest thoughts and analysis on the latest Ravens news. Also feel free to tweet me any questions or anything you guys want to have answered on future podcasts. So Raven Up Pod on Twitter. And just be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts now, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. So make sure you subscribe in order to not miss another episode. But that's going to do it for this week. We're another week closer to regular season football. I'll be coming to you guys next week with a preview of the Ravens' Week 1 matchup versus the Raiders. Let's go Ravens.